Gardner Minshew always come up on this show. I never mention him. And people will just call and be like, can we get back to the Gardner Minshew thing? What Gardner Minshew thing? There is no Gardner Minshew thing. This is where Wisconsin gathers to talk sports. Packers, Brewers, Badgers, Bucks. The Wisco Sports Show is on the air. Here's your host, Grant Bills. I love doing this show. I love this job. These two hours every day, most days are my two favorite hours of the day. But it's a lot of work it goes into putting together a show. I'm always thinking, oh, what am I going to talk about? Like, when I finish the show at 6 o'clock, my first thought is, okay, tomorrow, what are we going to talk about, right? I had a day off yesterday because the Brewers were playing all along our network, so I didn't have a show. Oh, my God, I felt like I was in the Virgin Islands on vacation all the time in the world, no responsibilities, no show to plan. You should have seen me yesterday at 4 p.m. I was standing in my kitchen by myself, had the record player out. I was cutting veggies. I was making meatballs for dinner. Oh, I had a day. And the last couple of days, and I think it's been all the time cooking, yesterday, notice this, big time. I have rediscovered my love for classic music. Like, I've always liked classic music, 70s, 80s. But when I was in high school, I thought I was so much better than everyone else because I would only listen to old music. And I think I kind of burned myself out on it. So then I actually listened to music, you know, current music for a couple of years. And now I'm going back to some of this stuff. And I'm like, yeah, you know what? I can listen to Loggins and Messina for two hours on end. The Best of Bread really is one of the most slept on albums ever. Steely Dan, Deep Cuts. Yeah, they're also just as good as the tracks everyone knows. So that's been my last 24 hours. I made some amazing meatballs, uh, Brussels sprouts, roasted in garlic, seared on the stove, but then finished in the oven. And listen to Loggins and Messina, Steely Dan, Michael McDonald, always. By the way, musical note before we get into sports. We're just a couple weeks away from Neil Diamond week on the show, which is one of the best weeks of the year. So just mentally mark that down. First week of April. Uh, enough on that. Let's do the sports thing. This is the Wisco Sports Show. My name is Grant Bills. I had a great day off yesterday. I don't know what you chose to do with these two hours yesterday. Maybe you were listening to the Brewers all across our network, or maybe sometimes this is what I do. I'll just take a day off from sports completely, and maybe you just did something else. Whatever you did yesterday, hope you had a blast. I'm happy to be back. Happy to have a chance to connect with you for the next two hours, and if you'd like to call or text, please do. 608-796-2558. Twitter, at Wisco Grant, if you want to follow me. Tweet me if you want to block me, whatever. I get some funny DMs. I didn't realize that my DMs were closed until a couple of weeks ago. They're now open, and I get some <laughs> I get some funny DMs. I'm sorry. I don't always answer them, but I do read them, and I do read your takes. Uh, and some I really like. Some make me laugh. I'm not going to lie. All good. DM me, tweet me, whatever. Get at me on Twitter, at Wisco Grant. Tyreek Hill got traded today. I want to talk about that coming up in a little bit. Uh, we're going to hear a little from Devontae Adams because he did his introductory press conference with the Raiders, and I just, I love him. I don't care that the Packers traded him. He still might be my favorite player in the NFL. I love him. Gave some really cool answers about why he's excited to be in Vegas and how the whole thing came to be, so we're going to hear from that. A little bit later in the show, Slow News Wednesday, we're going to do a piece on Giannis by Sam Amick of The Athletic. That's coming up at 5.30. Share some really cool Quotes, um, some exclusive things that we didn't know beforehand before Sam put this piece out the other day. He did a sit down with Giannis in Sacramento and did a question and answer and shared a lot of the answers. And it's pretty cool. So I'll read you 
some of those details coming up in the second half of the show. I want to start with last night's Bucks game. They beat the Bulls 126 to 88, 98 to 98. Yeah, sorry, the score, I had to blow it up on my computer. It was tucked way down in the corner. 126 to 98. And I don't want to do a nerdy, detailed, deep dive of this game or anything like that. That's not what I want to do to start the show because the NFL is hot. It would be very lame to do a detailed breakdown. Like, oh, here's why Javon Carter scoring seven points is a great sign for the Bucs finals aspirations. Nah, I don't want to do that. Maybe tomorrow, NBA Lounge tomorrow, maybe tomorrow we'll do Javon Carter. We don't need to do a detailed dive into this game. To be honest, I had the game muted for all but like three minutes last night. I watched the third and final of the Christopher Nolan Batman trilogy. I'd never seen him before. So what is it? Batman Begins, The Dark Knight, and then The Dark Knight Rises. I watched The Dark Knight Rises last night, which is kind of sporty. There's some Steelers in there. Brett Kiesel, I think Marquise Pouncey, Heinz Ward, Ben Roethlisberger, so kind of sportsy. But I had the game on mute, and then I was watching a Batman movie. Excellent film, 10 out of 10. Very much enjoyed those Batman movies. But I didn't even have the audio on for most of this game, so we're not going to do a detailed dive in. What I want to do is tie in last night's Bucks bulls game to a Badgers conversation we had earlier this week. We talked about the Badgers' loss to Iowa State on Monday. And after watching that game, which was Sunday afternoon, I didn't want Greg Gard fired. I wasn't even that upset, honestly. My takeaway from that game, I was left wondering, why do I watch college basketball? Why does anyone watch college basketball? This is terrible. This is not a good product. It's really frustrating to watch. A lot of these kids aren't very good at basketball. These refs aren't good at basketball. This product is not good. Why do I watch this? Why do I watch? The three-point shooting in this game was so horrendous. The two teams combined to shoot five of 36. I think they needed to replace the backboards after that game. I hope the Bucks everything was okay. If I served last night, it looked like everything was good, but I, I hope they at least did a safety check. Five of 36 from three. Oh, Grant, that's just good defense. Uh, okay. If you can convince yourself that and you believe it, I guess that's what matters. These kids just hustle. Okay, yeah, it's yeah, <laughs> it's hustle. No, there weren't any air balls of wide open threes. No, they were all t- tightly contested. Really good defense. Yep, nope, you got it. You got it, yep. It's not just about the three-point shooting. I get it. Even NBA teams have bad three-point shooting nights. But these two teams combined, the Cyclones and the Badgers, shot 34 of 105 from the field. That's 32% from the field. 32% from three would be a bad night. 32% from the field is, uh, I, is I don't have a word to describe how bad that is. So the shooting was bad, and there were turnovers. No one could hit a jumper. And the refs, how do I, how do I put this delicately? If I was as bad at my job and doing the show as college refs were at doing their job, it would be chaos. There would be random sound effects playing. I'd switch topics every 15 seconds. Oh, Why does Gardner Minshew always come up on this show? If I was as bad at my job as the refs in college basketball, I wouldn't be doing this. I would get fired. This Wisconsin Sports Zone Network update. I'm Zach Heil, Print. Damn it. Sorry about that. Keep pushing buttons. It's my bad. Yeah, college refs are terrible. I could never be that bad at my job. Smoking pot. All right, you know what? The point. We we got it. We got the point. We got the point. Right? College refs are so bad. One possession, they'll call everything. The next possession, they'll call nothing. There's a million jump balls. There's charges everywhere. Players aren't even playing real defense for the most part. They're just flopping everywhere. Hanging on the rim for a half second for safety reasons. We're going to team up. 
Lame. Lame. So nobody can shoot for three or otherwise from the field or from three. Million turnovers, guys dribbling off their foot, flopping all over the place. The refs are a joke. I I walked away from Sunday wondering, why am I doing this? Why does anyone do this? I like the NBA way more than college basketball. But I did a Twitter space with Ben Kenny on Sunday night. You hear Ben on the Bill Michaels show, Kenny and Heilprin every Thursday. So they'll be back tomorrow night to talk about this loss. Ben made me see the light on this a little bit. He said, look, the very reason you don't like college basketball is why college basketball is a nice compliment to the NBA. Because in the NBA, you can play perfect defense, right? You can have a great defensive game plan. You can be in the right spot. But you know what? Kevin Durant is so good. And Joel Embiid and Nikola Jokic are so good that it doesn't matter. There's a certain inevitability to the NBA, right? You can have the best defensive player in the league in perfect positioning, making the perfect play. And you know what? The shot's still going to go in because guys are so good. And I guess I understand where Ben's coming from in that it's almost too predictable because players are too good. I don't see that as a problem. I see that as a celebration of players that are really, really good and the best in the world at what they do. I get where Ben's coming from. And if I was Ben Kenny trying to make this argument, I would point to last night's game as a beautiful example. And I would point to the Bulls as a beautiful example of why college basketball might have an advantage over the NBA and that it's unpredictable, right? Look at the Bulls. The Bulls are a perfect example of this. The Bulls spent the first five months of the season as the number one seed in the East. And they looked incredible. They were crushing teams. Their offense was nuts. Their defense was way better than anyone expected. DeMar DeRozan was playing like a true NBA MVP. And he fits so perfectly with Nikola Vucevic and Zach Levine. And it all works. And Chicago's bumping and they're the number one seed in the East. And they're winning, 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 winning. And it all looks amazing. And still, all NBA people, including myself, are like, sorry, um, but no. No. Nope, sorry, it's not. Nope. Nope. But but the Bulls, look at look at their record. They're winning all these games and their offense is historically great. Nope. Sorry. No. It ain't gonna happen. They're not a contender. Despite being the number one seed in a really competitive East for five plus months. Despite having a guy scoring the clip of an MVP, fitting perfectly with all of his teammates. No. <laughs> I know every bit of evidence on our screen would tell us that the Bulls are amazing. And still, all NBA people are like, but they're not, though. They're good, but they're not a contender. And over the last couple of weeks, you've seen that play out. That inevitability that the NBA brings. Because the Bulls don't have Giannis or Embiid or Kevin Durant, it's, it's just not their conference. It's not their league. They're not a contender. And for five months, they looked like it. A lesser, less experienced NBA fan might even buy into them, but no. And in the last month or so, the Bulls have fallen from the one seed to the five. They're only two up on the eighth-seeded Nets right now. DeMar DeRozan's point per game is down over two points. His shooting percentage has dropped eight percentage points, and his true shooting percentage is down to 52.5. Most importantly, and this is the real kicker, the Bulls are 0-16 against the top three teams in each conference. So 0-16 in games against the Heat, the Bucks, the Sixers, the Suns, the Grizzlies, and the Golden State Warriors. 0-16. They haven't even lucked into a win against any of those teams. There's a certain inevitability to the NBA. In college basketball, with the Badgers, 
for the first three months, you'd be able to say, yeah, they look really good, but they're not going to win the Big Ten regular season title. They'll tail off. The hell they will. The hell they will. They kept winning, racking up road wins, never lost back-to-back games in the regular season, and they went on to win a share of the Big Ten Conference title. Whereas in the NBA, you'd get three months into the season, like we have with the Bulls. The timeline's a little bit different because the NBA season's longer, but you'd look around and you'd say, wow, the Bulls are a great team, but they're not as good as Michigan State or Purdue, and they're not as good as Illinois. And over time, it would play out that way. And in the NBA, it has played out that way. And in college basketball, it didn't. The Badgers were picked 10th, and they went on to win the Big Ten. There's a certain open-endedness to college basketball that just doesn't exist in the NBA. The NBA, we like to use the expression, nothing is impossible, right? In the NBA, plenty of things are impossible. It's impossible for the Bulls with this roster construction, without a superstar, built the way that they are, without a big that can defend. I mean, they're running Tristan Thompson out there, for God's sake. It's impossible for this Bulls team to win the East and be a contender out of the East. College basketball, we find contenders under couch cushions. St. Pete. They're in the Sweet 16, right? And I get why that would appeal to somebody. My issue with college basketball versus the NBA, if my team is very good and the Badgers were a very good team this year, I want to be rewarded for that. I want to be rewarded for recruiting Johnny Davis, right? But once you get into the tournament, anything can happen. Kentucky's got three draft picks. Two guys are going to go in the lottery, and then Oscar Sheboy is probably going to go late first round, maybe early second. Somebody wants a hyper-athletic rebounder. That team is incredible. Again, they're incredible every year. They recruit incredible players, and they're hardly ever rewarded with tournament wins, right? In the NBA, Kentucky would win every year. It would be like the Celtics or the Lakers of the 80s or like having Michael Jordan on your team. If you get Michael Jordan or if you draft Giannis, you win, plain and simple. And when the playoffs roll around, you're a contender. You might not win the finals every year, but you're a contender. Whereas in college basketball, it's all up in the air. The Bulls are an incredible example. They showed us for five months. They were the one seed in the East, crushing teams. DeMar DeRozan's playing like an MVP. He fits perfectly with his teammates. And still, smart NBA fans are looking around. They're saying, that's nice, but uh, but no. No. Sorry. Coach Bud, by the way, since becoming the coach of the Bucks, this is his fourth year, 12-1 and one against the Bulls. <laughs> he could make a big deal about owning them. I own you. Uh, But ultimately, it doesn't mean much to own the Bulls. It means a lot to win in the playoffs. Maybe some would say it doesn't mean a whole lot to own the Bears either if you don't win in the playoffs. There's your Aaron Rodgers mention. Uh, What are we, 16 minutes into the show, 14 minutes into the show? Smoking pot. Okay, see, this is again, if I was this bad at doing my show, it would match how bad college basketball refs are. I will continue that resistance. Where is the Craig Council voice even coming from? Why We haven't played Craig Council audio in so long. I do have Craig Gard audio. Every though. single possession of the game. Outside of 2011 and 2016, we're talking about the NBA, the best team or the best player has won just about every year. You get to the end and you're like, yep, they proved it. They were the best team. They stayed healthy. They stayed together. They won three seven-game series in a row to advance to the finals, and then they did it against the best team in the other conference as well, which is why 2011 with Dirk and 2016 with LeBron over the Warriors, it's why those years are so insane and we still talk about them. But the rest of the years, yeah, best team won. Best player won. Best coach won. The results are accurate. The results are hardly ever accurate in college basketball, sometimes not even in the NBA or, or excuse me, the NFL. 
Right? The Bengals and the Rams are in the Super Bowl this year. Those teams weren't the best teams in the conference. I don't even think they were the second or the third best team in their conference. But they ended up in the Super Bowl. That doesn't happen in the NBA. I like that, but I could see why others wouldn't. And that's why college basketball probably appeals to you much more than it appeals to me. 608-796-2558. We'll continue talking about this throughout the show. Tyreek Hill got traded to the Dolphins today. Now, ultimately, I don't care that much. I'm not a Chiefs fan. I'm not a Dolphins fan. It's interesting to watch yet another contending team with a star quarterback trade away their number one weapon like the Packers did. I don't even really care about comparing compensation. A lot of people were doing that today. I like to think of it as more of a big picture thing. Why are Super Bowl contending teams with great quarterbacks trading away their best star number one wide receiver? Why is that a thing in the last week? It's never been a thing before. Let's talk about that coming up next on the Wisco Sports Show. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Wisco Sports Show, my name is Grant Bills. Appreciate you hanging out. The number to text and call if you'd like to 608 796 2558. Can tweet me at Wisco Grant. Talk for a couple minutes about last night's Bucks game and how the Bulls are just this funny case study in a big difference between college basketball and the NBA. The Bulls have looked nothing but amazing for the first five months of the season, and still the whole time. We're like, no. <laughs> I get they're the one seed. I get they look great, but no, that ain't it. And now the last three weeks we've seen that play out. There's a certain inevitability to the NBA. That doesn't exist in college basketball. College basketball is random. So if you like random, if you like mess, if you like chaos, college basketball is for you. If you like something that's a little more set in stone and a little more predictable, the NBA might be for you. I try to like both. I find myself going more NBA more often. I want to talk NFL. Terry Kill got dealt today. I wonder who will get traded tomorrow. Maybe Tom Brady gets traded tomorrow. That's the direction the NFL is headed. First, before we get into the Tyree Kill trade, get into the Packers. Let's talk to Jeff. 608-796-2558. What's up, Jeff? Hey, Grant. Um, I was just wondering if this whole NBA versus NCAA thing and mm-hmm. with the NFL, it's just it's the one-and-done nature of it, right? And the fact that in NCAA, the season is short compared to the NBA. Is that exciting? I, I couldn't agree more with you that I can barely stand watching NCAA it's they're missing shots. They're, I mean, all the things you've talked about. Yeah. But I'll tune in because the tournament is fun. Mm-hmm. Sometimes in the NBA playoffs, when it's not my team, when it's not the Bucks, I don't want to sit and watch a seven-game series of yeah. these teams that I don't really care about. But for the NCAA, I'll sit and I'll watch the game because it's one game that I'm going to invest and see what the heck happens. The drama is there. Yeah. The product isn't. Do you get tired of having to learn new people every year? Like, I know when college basketball starts, I throw on a Duke-UNC game. I'm like, okay, I got to learn all these guys now. Who's the new stud for Gonzaga? Okay, so it's Paulo Bancaro for Duke. I got to learn this guy. Like, part of that is fun. It's fresh, new faces every year. But that's also hard. Like, it's tough for me to kind of get my footing in a sports league when half of the league is replaced every year. You know what I mean? Oh, all the time. I mean, that's been the case for why I like the NFL more than I like watching the Badgers. Like, okay, who is their lineman this year? I yeah. have no idea what's their storyline. I can't follow it. I, it's it's an investment that I don't have the time to make. No, I know what you mean. And with the Brewers, there's a lot of turnover in baseball, but we have 162 games. Like, you can play your way back into shape 
learning relievers and learning utility men all the way through April and May. I, I get what you mean. I don't mean to dump on college basketball. It's just funny because I talked about this with Ben earlier this week. And last night I'm watching the Bulls. I'm like, oh, they're a perfect example of why some people really, really love college basketball and, and maybe not the NBA so much. Jeff, before I let you go, you always tweeted me about the Grateful Dead, right? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Do you have a favorite song or something? I, I like to connect with people through music. It's just a thing I like to bring up. Oh, it's, for me, it's the time of the day, but Althea is always the best for me when I'm driving home. It's just a perfect groove, and yeah, I, and the ones you play are always the best. <laughs> well, that's well, that's what I wanted to hear. Th- thanks, Jeff. Have a good night, man. Yeah, have a good one. Yeah, thanks for the call. That is Jeff, 608-796-2558. Althea is maybe the best guitar groove ever made it's just it's just perfect so i can't argue with that college basketball nba i'm not trying to tell anybody what to like all right that's not that's not that's not what i'm about i don't like i don't like people do this with food people do this with movies it's like like with star wars i like star wars but i get everybody doesn't and every once in a while i'll hear somebody oh my god you don't watch star wars no would you leave him alone jesus he doesn't want to watch Star Wars. He doesn't want to watch Star Wars. Give it, take a deep breath. I don't like the Marvel movies. There's just a lot of them. It's very overwhelming. It feels like a homework project. I don't want to watch them. You've never seen Endgame? No. And yet I still exist every day. I went to the store today and people didn't look at me like I was a leper. I've never seen Thor. And everything's working just fine in my life. And I get it if you're not an NBA fan. Or if you're not a college basketball fan, that's fine. I like talking about the differences. And again, last night, uh, the Bulls especially and, and kind of what's happening with their season and what's happening with the Bucks, it's a great example of a big difference in the NBA and in college basketball. So I wanted to point that out. I want to talk as well about Tyreek Hill getting traded today. There's a lot of interesting wrinkles to this. I know last Friday we talked about the Adams deal and his new contract. And on Friday I asked, who's touching this? Like, what receiver is in line to get an extension that's going to make more than Devontae Adams? Because Terry McLaurin's going to be up for a deal, I guess. DK Metcalf's going to be up for a deal. Those guys aren't going to make Adams money, right? They're not going to reset the market. Well, Adams is 28 a year, quote-unquote 28 a year. It's not really 28 a year, but that's how it's presented to us. Hopkins is 27 and a half a year. Again, not really 27 and a half, but that's how it's presented. The next closest contract as of last Friday when we talked was DJ Moore. At 20. And it took four days for somebody to get, let's just call it a similar deal. Tyreek Hill's going to make 30 a year. That's not really what it is because what happens is all of these deals are backloaded with a ton of money. Like if you look at Adam's base salary by year, you're going to get three and a half million this year, six and a half next, 17 in 2024, and then it spikes to 35 and 35 the next two years. So, when we hear 28 a year, that's assuming that all of those years are equal and all of those years will be played. There's no way that Devontae Adams is playing at a $35 million price tag in 25 and 26 when he's, what, 33, 34, somewhere around there. They'll restructure, they'll move it around, but when we see this contract right now, we see X number of years, X number of money, divided equally, average annual value, and the average annual value, I guess, for Devontae Adams shapes out to be 28, just like Tyree Kill now in Miami is going to shape out to be 30. But that's not reflected in real dollars and cents, at least not in the way that it is for tackles or edge rushers or quarterbacks. I wonder if Goody saw this deal today 
and had a little buyer's remorse with the Adams trade. I get not buyer's remorse. What's the opposite of buyer's remorse? Right? Not where you buy something and you feel bad about it, but you don't buy something and you feel bad about it. I think Goody, throughout the process with Devontae Adams, said, We're not giving you 28 because DeAndre Hopkins getting 27 and a half is BS. And I don't agree with it. The league doesn't agree with it. You're not going to get 28. That's not a real contract. And he stood firm on that for a long time. And I think that was largely in part, or at least one of the big reasons why Adams ultimately left. If they would have offered Adams this deal a year or two ago, I think he maybe is still in Green Bay. I wonder if Goody saw this deal today and thought, oh, you know what? Tyree Kill's getting 30 per. I just should have. Why didn't I just give Adams 28? Why was I so stuck up on that? I thought I was being so thrifty. Why did I do that? The best analogy I could think of this today um, is a parking spot at work. Maybe you have a, a similar parking situation at your job to this, but at, but at my building, there's only like, 10, 11 spots in the lot, and then the rest of us park on the street. And you pay, I think, 40 bucks a month for a parking spot. It's not a lot, but hey, that's, you know, it's a couple beers at the bar, like 40 bucks. That's not nothing. And when a parking spot becomes free, then the boss will send out an email. Hey, we got a parking spot open up, you know, 40 bucks a month or whatever. Let me know if you want it. And I, I, I would feel like Brian Gutekinst. I'd say 40 bucks a month. <laughs> I'll park around the corner. I'll walk in 40 bucks. I'm not paying 40 bucks. Screw you. 40 bucks, 40 bucks. And then six minutes later, we get an email. Oh yeah. Brian is paying for the spot. And if Brian wouldn't have paid for it, then Ken would have done it or Rick or Mary. Right. And, and me who is passed up on the parking spot is thinking, why was I so hung up on 40 bucks? Everyone else is willing to pay 40 bucks. Maybe I just should have paid the 40 bucks. You know what I mean? I wonder if Brian Gutekinds looks at the Tyree Kill deal and now forecasts ahead to maybe what some of these other wide receivers are going to get. He's like, actually, 28 wasn't even that much. What was I hung up on? I also think the Chiefs and the Packers are in unique situations with high-priced quarterbacks, and they don't want to spend the remainder of these quarterback contracts just moving mountains every year to get under the cap. I don't think Brian Gutekinds wants to come into work every offseason all right, we got to shed $45 million in salary. Got to get under the cap. Got to get under the cap. Here we go again. I think both the Chiefs and the Packers just want some breathing room. They want to reset things a little bit. And putting 28 or $30 million on the books for a star wide receiver, it's just, it's going to make their life harder down the line. And with the Packers, it just hasn't worked. They're trying something else. They're going to take that Devontae Adams money and they're going to put it elsewhere. And maybe they'll be able to get back to a Super Bowl that way. I don't know. We'll see. Maybe, maybe not. So I think the Chiefs and the Packers are unique examples. But I wonder if all things being even, Goody was stubborn on that price tag for the last two years. I wonder if he doesn't look back now and think, why Why did I not do that? There's teams around the league that would love to pay Adams $28 million a year. Fake contract for Hopkins, whatever. It's like the parking spot at work. 40 bucks. I'm not paying for that. And then you see all of your coworkers lining up to pay it. Why am I hung up on 40 bucks? Why didn't I just pay it? Everyone else is willing to pay 40. Why did, Why was I so weirdly thrifty on this? I don't know. I'd love to give Brian Gutekind some truth serum and ask him about all the little factors in this Tyree Kill trade. I want to keep talking Packers coming up next. Obviously, the Devontae Adams trade is a big part of that, so that part of the discussion isn't going anywhere. Tyree Kill is now on the Dolphins, so the AFC doesn't lose a star wide receiver. He just moves to another team in another division from the Chiefs now to the Dolphins in the AFC East. So we'll talk more about that. 
Maybe another NFL trade will happen in the next five minutes before we come back. We'll see. Wisco Sports Show back in five minutes. Stick around. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. show my name is grant bills good to be back after yesterday didn't have a show yesterday and uh looking ahead i won't have one on friday either just the brewers around again so i am going to do something that i never really get to do i'm going to go out of town this weekend but i'm going to leave before 6 p.m <laughs> i'm gonna leave in the middle of the afternoon i'm gonna go up north i'm gonna go to the north woods and i'm gonna get there before 11 o'clock at night i love not having to be at work at 9 a.m. I don't have to be at work at 6 a.m. like a morning show host. I come in around 11 most mornings. I get things done in the morning. I do work from home, but I don't have to be in here till like 11. Show doesn't start till 4. But man, when I don't get done until 6 and I want to go up north for uh, for a couple of days on the weekend, I don't get up there till like 11. <laughs> so the Brewers cover up my show on Friday. I'm going to leave in the afternoon. I'm going to get up there before it's dark. Can't wait. So today's going to be a big show. Tomorrow's going to be a big show. And then we're going to have an early weekend take off on Friday afternoon. We're talking Packers. Tyreek Hill got traded today. Got a big new contract that is up there with Devontae Adams. I asked last week, who is touching this deal? This deal is huge. Well, Tyreek Hill has. And it only it only took a couple of days. 608-796-2558. Daryl has given us a call. Daryl, what's going on, man? Welcome. Well, you were talking about... Um, a little bit ago about being thrifty about uh, giving up a uh, why spend 40 bucks on a, a month for a uh, uh, parking spot. I do that in a heartbeat. I wouldn't spend the 40 bucks at all. I mean, I'm, and I'm much older probably than you are. I, if I remember, if I knew you well enough, I would think so. Yeah. Um, I can walk it. Me too. I mean, I, I, and I can walk it when it's cold outside. I mean, I, uh, as long as I get inside in 10 minutes before the fridge, it really gets me. Then I'd be doing just fine. The issue so is you're saving the forty bucks. Yeah, downtown Lacrosse. It's the parking tickets that get you. It's not the cold. I mean, it's it's a bee. It's a rat's nest out there. You got to be moving your car all day, and it's it really can be it can be quite an episode. But I'm with you on saving the money for parking. Yeah, if you can save the money for parking and avoid the parking tickets, you're doing really good. Oh yeah, that's easy to um, said done. <laughs> and this is why I'll, I'll go one step further. Is 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 the Packers have to be a little bit more thrifty than 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 other teams that. Uh, don't want to throw money away. Mm-hmm. Um, the Packers want to remain competitive as long as they can. Um, and having to kick the can down the road as they have uh, twice already, they have to be careful that they uh, don't want to go into the same cap hell as the Dallas Cowboys and the San Francisco 49ers did. Um, and that cost them a full decade plus, almost two decades, before they were uh, returned to somewhat of a prominence. Um and and still, in the case of the Cowboys, they still haven't done anything as far as it goes. So, be honest with you, you have to you, you know you have to be a little more thrifty. You have to be a little more uh, um, on top of your money as far as it goes because you're you're spending the, uh, what you can. You don't have an owner that's going to throw in any money. Mm-hmm. Uh, you got to go with what you what you got. The other thing is, I'm gonna, I have to throw this in here. The difference in football and any of the other sports is this is that there is a hard cap, a hard cap as compared to baseball, mm-hmm. as compared to foot, um, basketball, and um, even hockey, for that matter. 
So as far as it goes, you, you're going to run up against those numbers eventually, and somewhere along the line it's going to cost you. Mm-hmm. It cost the 49ers draft choices over, the, over, over a period of time. It cost the Cowboys a, a couple of picks as well. I'm saying is eventually over time it comes back to bite you. So you have to be careful. If you think your number one draft choice is of value to you, then you're going to make sure that that draft choice is of value. Um, I was listening to Jim Rome earlier, mm-hmm. and one of the things that on the Jim Rome show they brought up is the fact that some teams are not value their general managers are not valuing those uh, draft choices, those high draft picks anymore. Mm-hmm. It's because of the draft and development theory. And when you have to deal with the draft and development theory, which is what has been going on in Green Bay over the time frame, you have to remember that that's what contr- helps them with their salary cap. And that's why they value those draft picks and why you have to be careful what, what you spend on all these other players. Now, one last thing I wanted to throw in, yeah. too. And the last thing I wanted to throw in is uh, um, watching the NCAA basketball tournament and it's one and done that as far as it goes mm-hmm. as compared to watching an NBA series is like having a night, a night out with pizza with the guys and having a full course dinner in the NBA. Mm-hmm. Why? Because you, you, you're a night out with the guys. You can have pizza, you can have whatever else, whatever food you want as far as it goes. It's one night and that's it. Yeah. In the NBA, in the NBA, hockey, baseball, those series, those are series. That means you're gonna you be served a full course, full course dinner over that period of time. Yeah, there's gonna be different flavors, different things that are gonna happen, adjustments that are made, not just at one moment, but throughout the entire series. And you will enjoy the enjoy the series as far as that goes because why? Because you know you're gonna get a different flavor in each game. Wow. Whereas it's one and done. Where if it's one and done. You hope you don't choke on the pizza, at least I don't, or the nachos, or anything else, because you know you're going to be you're going to be up in arms on any little thing that can happen at a moment's notice. Daryl, Daryl, well done, well done. Thank you for the call. This is the best call I've gotten in a you while. Bet. Well done, Daryl. Have an excellent night. Six zero eight seven nine six two five five eight. I was I was listening to magic being made in my headphones right there, an analogy to explain it to drive his point home. And then he got Uber. He, he hammered us with the imaging at the end with the nachos or the pizza. I know what you mean, right? Now, if like to take this another step further, and then I want to get back to the NFL, but you're talking about uh, a three- or four-course dinner, right? The thing about an NBA playoff series is you're getting all of these courses, but the courses make sense with each other, right? So, like, the appetizer, I don't know. I never go out for expensive dinners. And it's, it's all Italian, right? So let's say you get an Italian appetizer, you get a caprese salad. Right, and then you get a, a lighthearted pasta dish, and then you get chicken parm, and then I don't know what do Italians eat for dessert. I don't know. Bucks Suns over the course of seven games, all the games are going to be slightly different, but they are going to be of the same food group, right? I think it's that's a really good analogy, actually. Damn, Daryl, outdoing me on my own show. You're making me look bad. I don't appreciate that. Thanks for the text and call. I love that Daryl brought up the cap because the cap will hurt teams. And we need to be better as fans, but talkers like me who talk about the NFL every day, we're really, really good at talking about when teams beat, quote unquote, the salary cap. When the Saints move money around to make all the cap space to get in under the cap and, and even bring in Deshaun Watson if he wants to play there, right? Wow, that's incredible. How did the Saints do that? 
or when Brian Gutekunst maneuvers under the cap. Wow, that's great. That's such a good job. Look at these teams. The salary cap is fake. You know when we're crickets? You know when we never say anything about the salary cap? When the salary cap encourages the Packers to trade their best wide receiver or the Chiefs to trade their best wide receiver, right? We're always talking about and celebrating when a team triumphs over the salary cap. We're never bringing that same energy when the team has to take a little bit of an L and say, you know what, we love Tyreek Hill, but we got to trade him and, and let the cap breathe for a couple months, for a couple of years. Then we never talk about the cap. Nobody's talking today about the salary cap with Tyreek Hill that I've heard about, right? And we talk about it. Now we talk about how the, the Chiefs have needs. They need corners. They need edge rushers. They need other receivers. Yeah, but if they had all the money in the world to spend, there's no way they'd be doing that deal. And there's no way that the Packers would be doing the Adams deal either. Salary cap is very very, very real. And we do a really good job pointing out when salary cap experts maneuver their team's cap sheet to get under the cap. We don't really come to the realization and openly talk about it when the cap makes a team do something they don't want to do, right? We could be be better at that. I think Daryl was kind of, Daryl was kind of hinting at that in that last call. Let's take a break. We'll come back. We'll talk more about this. I want to get back a little bit into the NBA and college basketball for a few minutes at 5 o'clock, kind of reset the show. Uh, I want to talk a little bit about Giannis coming up at 5.30 for Slow News Wednesday. Great interview with Sam Amick of The Athletic. Some really cool quotes. Ones that made me go, ooh, I didn't know that. Hadn't heard that before. Exclusive stuff. So we'll do that for Slow News Wednesday at 5.30. A lot more of the Wisco Sports Show coming up next. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. MVP race. Really interesting quotes. Uh, the long and short of it is always, I love Giannis, and everything he says makes me like him more. That's really always what it circles back to. 608-796-2558. You can tweet me at Wisco Grant as well. However you want to get in touch with the show, you can, or you can just sit back and enjoy. You don't have to text and call. It's fine. Hector on Alaska says, just wanted to throw my two cents in about Tyreek Hill. Okay, please do. I'm definitely not a Dolphins or a Chiefs fan, but I think it was a waste and a dumb move for Miami to do that. They're not one superstar wide receiver away from being Super Bowl contenders. I feel like it was a lot to give up, and I'm summarizing now because this is long text. Sorry, Hector. Uh, value will go down because Tua is definitely not Mahomes. Uh, and then you're talking about some other years. I want to stick with Tua and Tyreek Hill and the Dolphins. You mentioned Bobby Wagner. Maybe we'll get to that later. It's just a lot to do at once, Hector. So I'm going to Take what you said about the Dolphins making a dumb, wasteful trade. It's too much to give up. And two is not that good. Here's the thing about quarterbacks on a rookie deal. It's not that it doesn't matter if they're good. I'm not saying it doesn't matter. But it doesn't matter that much. Let me do my best to explain what I mean. I think the best strategy for teams that have just drafted a young quarterback Drafted a quarterback with the intention of making them their franchise quarterback, right? So the Steelers draft Mason Rudolph. That's different. That's not the same. Or the Packers drafting Jordan Love. That's different. That's not the same. Bears drafting Justin Fields or Mitchell Trubisky. Both good examples. Uh, Patrick Mahomes with the Chiefs. Justin Herbert with the Chargers. Um, Think of any quarterback that has been drafted with the idea that they will be the guy. Not to add depth, not to be a backup. But think of a team that drafts a young quarterback to be their guy to start right away. I think the best strategy from that point on is to then just act like your quarterback is really good. Like Tua might not be any good. I don't think that should phase the Dolphins. The Dolphins should not wait to see if Tua is good before building around him. 
they should just build around him, right? Because what if they sit idle this year? They just they hang out. They don't add anybody in free agency. They don't trade for anyone. They just take their picks. And then they get into the season, and Tua is playing at an MVP level. And he pops, right? And we've seen young quarterbacks do that. Well, now they're looking back and thinking, well, gosh, I wish we would have got some more guys because our time is now, right? The Dolphins' time to compete is this year and next when Tua is on that rookie deal. And if Tua is not any good, okay, well, whatever. Then you're rebuilding anyways. Look at Mitchell Trubisky. That's the perfect example. The Bears draft Mitchell Trubisky. He kind of halfway is the first year with Mike Glennon. And then in that second year, he becomes the full-time starter. What do the Bears do? They go get Khalil Mack, right? Allen Robinson joins along the way as well. The Bears didn't know if Mitchell Trubisky was good. They didn't really have reason to believe he would be. They had hope that he would be, but they did not have solid concrete evidence on film or in practice or wherever that Mitchell Trubisky was going to be their guy of the future. But they built around him as if he was anyways. And if Cody Parkey doesn't double joint that kick, who knows what happens, right? They were right there. Now I think the Bears should do the same with Justin Fields. Just assume he's good and build around him. Because if he turns out to be good, then you're about ready to win a Super Bowl. Then, then, you're, then, you're, then you're there. You're right there. And if Tua doesn't turn out to be any good anyways, well, I mean, what, what's the harm in adding Tyreek Hill? They have a good wide receiver and they need a new quarterback? Okay, well, that's better than just needing a new quarterback and not having a good wide receiver. Do you, know, do you, you feel my point? You feel where I'm coming from here? I want to look here at the last couple of drafts. So, for example, 2019 uh, draft NFL they all start to run together, so I don't know who was drafted in what year. Let's just look at the picks that were taken here. Okay, so this is the Kyler Murray draft. I actually don't want to do the Kyler Murray draft. I want to do 2018 draft. Let's go back one more. I want to. I want one that has some quarterbacks in it that we can talk about. Let me scroll down here. First round picks. Okay, Baker Mayfield went number one. Sam Darnold went number three. Josh Allen went number seven. And then people forget that was the Josh Rosen draft too, damn. And then Lamar Jackson at the very end of the round. So the Browns take Baker Mayfield. They play him his first year. They win some games down the stretch. And then they just go into their second year and add a bunch of talent. Right? They start adding guys. And then they get Kevin Stefanski. Their roster gets a lot better. At any point, do you think the Browns brass front office, their decision makers, were looking around and saying, hey, this Baker guy, he's going to be our quarterback for the next 15 years? I would bet probably not. Now, they could win with him on that cheap deal with a really, really good roster, but the Browns just built around Baker Mayfield anyways. They almost beat the Chiefs in the playoffs two years ago. They were right there. They were right there. They are almost in an AFC championship game. If we go back, let's go back to 2017. Look at the quarterbacks that were taken in that draft. I think teams should just build around quarterbacks, rookie quarterbacks, as if they're good. Just assume they're good and go off and running with them. So Mitchell Trubisky, we talked about how the Bears just built around him and they were a missed field goal away from being red hot in the playoffs and maybe winning some games. Deshaun Watson with the Texans is a bad example. Patrick Mahomes at number 10. We all knew how that played out. The problem is a lot of these teams that take quarterbacks in the top 10 are just garbage. Like the Jacksonville Jaguars should just add anybody and everybody they can with the hope that Trevor Lawrence pops in year two and three, and then they're ready to take over an AFC South that really isn't all that good. Do you get what I'm trying to say here? And Hector in Alaska, your text got this got this all going. He said, the Dolphins aren't that good. They're not a wide receiver away. Tua is not Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, and you know what? That's okay. Just assume he is. Assume Tua is really good. 
bring in all the talent you can. That's what the Chargers are doing. Now, the Chargers have a certain level of, like, there's a level of certainty with the Chargers. They know that Justin Herbert's good. Miami, they're not really sure. But you know what? It's better to just pretend that he is good and build a great team. And then if Tua turns out to be great, then you're ready to contend for a Super Bowl. Here's a fishing analogy. Uh, you ever you ever walleye fish? You ever go walleye fishing? I'm talking about kind of walleye fishing where you got like a big sinker, maybe a floating jig head and a leech or a night crawler, and you're bouncing along the bottom. The way that walleye bite, it's not like a bass or a trout where it hammers it. It's a little bit more lethargic. And when you're vertical jigging off a boat, a lot of people make this mistake. They won't, if they think they have a bite, they won't set the hook. They'll like feel it out. They're like, well, is there a fish there? Let me, let me reel in a little bit. Like, no, set the hook. And if there's a fish there, great. You're going to catch a fish. And if not, okay, well, just drop the lure back down. No harm, no foul. It's the same with quarterbacks, right? Don't waste two precious years of that rookie contract and all of that cap space trying to figure out whether or not the quarterback is good, just assume they're good. Just assume they're good. If they're not any good, well, you're screwed anyways. You need another quarterback then. But if they are good, well, now you're in line to contend for a Super Bowl, and you're in line to maximize what is maybe the most valuable thing in all of professional sports, and that's an NFL rookie quarterback on a rookie deal. Because then you can trade for Khalil Mack and sign J.C. Jackson and do all the things that the Chargers are doing. Or you can absorb $30 million a year thereabout for Tyree Kill, which is what the Dolphins are now doing. Just assume he's good. And if he's good, great. Then you can contend for a Super Bowl. If he's not good, well, whatever. you got to draft another one anyway. So what difference does it make? Coming back, we're going to hear a little bit from Devontae Adams, talk more about the Bucks, obviously talk more Packers as well. It's the Wisco Sports Show. always come up on this show. I never mention him. And people will just call. They'd be like, can we get back to the Gardner Minshew thing? What Gardner Minshew thing? There is no Gardner Minshew thing. This is where Wisconsin gathers to talk sports. Packers, Brewers, Badgers, Bucks. The Wisco Sports Show is on the air. Here's your host, Grant Bills. have a tendency to misremember things right? like when you talk about back in the good old days well actually those good old days are pretty similar to they are now you just remember them differently you were at a different time in your life right kids my age were bad at this we think cartoon network or disney channel used to be so much better maybe it was but you were also six when you watched it of course it seemed better than it does now right we always misremember things and i don't know if i'm misremembering this or what the NFL never used to be like this, right? I feel like every offseason, oh, the NFL just gets crazier and crazier. Does it? It has to. It is, right? It needs to be getting crazier. It's like people misremember things all the time. Like Charles Oakley somehow believes that Giannis wouldn't start in the 80s and 90s NBA, which is the most absurd thing ever. But deep down, I think Charles Oakley actually believes it. I think that's how he remembers the past. That's what that in his mind that makes sense to him. We misremember things. We edit our memories, right? We glorify the past. Here we'd be doing the opposite. I'm not misremembering, right? The NFL's never been like this before. Devontae Adams and Tyreek Hill have been traded, and it's not even a week apart. It's six days apart. They both got traded. Stuff like this never used to happen in the NFL. This is NBA stuff we're dealing with, folks. 
this is awesome. This is so much fun. It's also a lot to take in and talk about at once. I'm trying to figure out salary cap numbers and percentages to make sense of exactly what Tyreek Hill's deal actually looks like and Devontae Adams. It's it's fun. There's a lot to talk about, but it's actually kind of exhausting, too. I very much look forward to baseball season. This is the Wisco Sports Show. My name is Grant Bills, and you can join me if you'd like, 608-796-2558. We're going to talk about Giannis, Slow News Wednesday, in about a half hour. Right now, we're talking about the NFL, Tyreek Hill, Devontae Adams, and the Packers. Eric on I-90 is here. Eric, hello. It's been a while. It's been a while, Grant. How you been? Uh, you know, I've been good. I've been good. This last weekend was nice. Got to go home, see my folks. So that was nice. It had been a while. You went home to see your folks, did you? I did. Did I... your mom make you dinner or anything like that? Well, it was my mom's birthday. Um, but yes, she made dinner. <laughs> she made dinner. Right. We were celebrating her, right. but she That's... still she still made dinner. And actually, my dad grilled my dad grilled burgers. My mom made some other things, but I guess my dad did. He carried the load, so we we, we didn't make her cook too much on her birthday. Well, that's nice. That sounds like a nice weekend. Yeah, it was. It was very nice. And I'm going up north. I'm not. I know you snowmobile up by cable. I'm going to Phillips this weekend, so I know you'll appreciate that. Nice, nice. That's a nice uh, area to go up to. What are you going to do? Some fishing? Uh, my buddy lives up there. I don't know what we're going to do. Uh, do. Well, actually, Eric, because I'm comfortable with you, I think honestly, what we're going to do is drink like the whole weekend and sit outside. I think awesome. that's all we're going to do. I know. Awesome. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Well, we've got a lot to talk about because I, I ain't called in a while. I mean, Kirk Cousins is signed since I last talked to you. Yeah. You know? They do. And, well. I mean, he's better than Deshaun Watson. You think so? I mean. At football? No. I, I, don't, I don't know as a football player if he's better than Deshaun Watson. He's not. But I'd rather have Kirk Cousins than have a doorknob like Deshaun Watson. I would, too. As our quarterback. I mean, he. Right, he just—you got to be stupid to do what he's doing, especially with a guy of his means, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's other ways to get what he needed accomplished. To meet his needs—is that what you're saying? Yeah. That's what I mean. Come on, well, le- legal ways. Let's smart yeah. up a little bit. Yeah. Are you telling me you can't find a girlfriend? Are you? T- nah, he's just too stupid. Yeah. He's just too I would rather have Kirk than Deshaun you know Watson as well. I agree with you there. Kirk's not as good of a quarterback. Deshaun right. Watson's incredible, but I don't want Deshaun Watson on my team. Right, right. Okay, that, that's better phrase. You know, Tom Brady came back, so now Kirk Cousins is not the fifth-best <laughs> quarterback in the NFC. Yeah. He's like the eighth now. Slide him down, yeah. Tom Brady's like three to the top three just by himself, ain't he? No, I mean, maybe mm-hmm. he's like the top three quarterbacks in the NFC. You're saying Kirk or, or Tom say Brady? I'm confused. Oh. I'm sorry. Tom Brady. Tom Brady's yeah. like the top three. Yeah, Brady. I'd Before say Brady, Rodgers, Stafford, and then maybe Dak, and then Kirk are right there. He's. I'd say he's still top five how, or, or right there. How can we start putting Stafford up in the top three of anything now? <sighs> well, we he did just beat up on him for so long. I know. I know. He couldn't, I he couldn't have jumped. Up, he couldn't have jumped the top three. Well, there's, there's nobody no else. There's nobody else. Who am I supposed? But Carson Wentz. There's nobody else. There's nobody else. The NFC is a wasteland, Eric. So by default, kind of. By default, he's the third best. Yeah, kind of. And not only and do we, you have a top five, top six quarterback on your team, you guys now have Zadarius Smith too. You know, I kind of wonder about. I'm. I'm a little bit worried about that because. 
with the Devontae Adams move, you you got to know that the Packers knew that that was happening, right? Mm-hmm. The Packers knew it. Yeah. So they would have had the money to sign him. Um, are you saying they should have kept Zedarius Smith? I've, going back to last offseason, Packers fans, and I think the Packers and Zedarius Smith were going to go their separate ways. That would, Last year was going to be his last year in Green Bay, I think, no matter what happened. Really? Why do you say that? Be, I, they, they didn't see eye to eye on contract things. It just it got weird. It, it just got weird. It got weird with them. That's how I'll put it. He, he is, he is, I, I would say that that's true. I, I was a little bit surprised because I'm like, you know, they had the money because they knew Devontae was leaving. They could have signed him if they thought he was worth it. So there must have been more to it than that. I don't believe it's just the injury. It's something out there, right? Yeah, he was injured last year. I think he wanted his next big deal, and the Packers weren't willing to give it to him a year early when he wanted it. And I think that's that's why he ended up leaving. I don't know if he has angst towards the Packers. I just think he was ready to leave. And the Vikings, I mean, if he's healthy and Daniel Hunter's healthy and they're opposite from each other, Eric, that's that's a unit. That becomes a pretty solid unit, and if they both, they both can stay healthy, I guess. And then uh, I don't know who Green Bay is even going to have at wide receiver. What do they have now? Uh, nobody. <laughs> nobody. They have Al Mazard I mean, if he comes back. Be, right. I mean, you've got to be a little concerned with this. Um. Yeah. Have you been listening? Have you been listening to the show at all, Eric? We've been talking about this. Yeah. They're they're going to need to draft guys. No, I, I'm probably sorry. add no, somebody. I'm no, sorry. I haven't. You're good. You're good. I haven't been. I've been. I've been like. I'm an international man of mystery. I don't <laughs> want to let people know what I'm doing. So, so I haven't been listening, but I've I've wanted to listen. You just. I just can't pick up 580 from where I was at. No, you're good. It was nice It was nice to reconnect with you, Eric. I gotta let you go, but I, this is, hopefully yeah, the Packers-Vikings yeah, talk to you later. Yeah, Packers-Vikings rivalry is gonna get spicy. Zedaria Smith, Daniil Hunter on the end. If the Vikings can draft, I, I was talking to a coworker today who's a Vikings fan who was talking about possibly uh, Jordan Davis, big, huge defensive lineman from Georgia. You pair him with the two nose tackles you already have. Is Sheldon Richardson still there? I know they signed Sheldon Richardson and Michael Pierce in the same year, which is kind of this is kind of stupid. And I know Zimmer had the idea of moving them both around. I don't, I don't know that that's really how that works with nose tackles. But Zedaria Smith gives you a lot of flexibility too because he can move inside, he can move around. Vikings are building themselves a nice little defensive front here, little by little. Long ways to go. But the Packers got a long ways to go, a wide receiver and, and other positions that we've been talking about. Tim is in Sparta. Tim, what's going on? Welcome. How are you, Grant? I am swell. Uh, uh, a conversation with Eric on I-90 always just puts me in the mood. Yeah, yeah that was an interesting interesting transition there. Um, it was. Well, I got, I got part of my wish in that Adams won't be there for the playoffs. And <laughs> so, so uh, our... Our wonderful Rogers is going to have to throw to somebody else. Um, I didn't. I really didn't expect that that big of a move. Um, but I'm glad that uh, I, I am glad for him that he gets to go back to the quarterback that he has stayed buddies with, and and uh, you know he played college with that they stayed in touch and all that kind of stuff. As far as Green Bay is concerned, yeah, they're going to have to pick somebody up in the draft. This is a good draft for it. Um, I would let Scantling go if uh, hmm. some, 
somebody else wants him. And that ties in with Zadarius. Name me one player in the in the league who has had back issues and or back surgery and come back at the same level that they were before it happened. Yeah, I, I know. I, I don't know exactly. I'm sure there are differing degrees to back surgeries, right? A little little tweak versus something here and there. But, I mean, it's a big dude. I, I know what you mean. It, it's That's why I, I tweeted about this, and I was mostly trying to be a jerk. But also, like, Daniil Hunter's had neck and back injuries, and now you bring in Zedaria Smith, who's just coming off some back injuries last year. So it's a risk. Yeah, and once you have a, once you have a back, you always have a back. So ask Julio Jones what happened to his career, his back. Um, mm-hmm. Scantling, I'm, you know, MVS, I'm, I'm, I'm unfortunately, uh, the guy's still short arms passes. He drops passes. Uh, yeah, he's got all the speed in the world and Rogers now thinks that he's a, a good player, but I'm sorry. I think that in the, with the receivers that are out there, on uh, that, and that are going to be out there, cause there's going to be some good veterans that are going to get cut that are going to be cap hits, mm-hmm. uh, here. Um, I think we're going to be all right. The defense we played well without Zadarius Smith last year. We've re-signed everybody, um, and they just added, you know, another big fat guy on the defensive line, which we've needed desperately. Um, you know, and so uh, I think that the defense is going to be better than than it was last year. Um, jumping ship and going back to the NBA uh, versus college. Yeah, I used to despise because I'm old. Mm-hmm. Um, I used to despise the college game because it was boring as all get out. Yeah. Loved the NBA. Loved it up through the 90s. And then it became the league of don't touch me. If I'm LeBron James, don't you touch me. I can run you over, but don't you touch me because then I'm going to the foul line. Yeah. I can I can now take three steps on a regular basis. Um uh, uh if I go forward, I might get, you know, the traveling call, uh, but I can take at least three now. Everybody in the league palms the ball. I mean, it's not basketball anymore. It's this touchy-feely, it's a star league. I mean, it's always been a star league, but you, you the difference between what a star player can get away with and what your average run-of-the-mill guy, it's the gap is now too big. It's It's completely unwatchable except for the playoffs. Um, the guy's analogy with it being, uh, 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 you know, going to an Italian restaurant and whatnot, that was great. Um, it really was a great analogy. Uh, so I, I watch the uh, the college game now not as much as I would like to, but I watch it especially at tournament time because you get to see the luck of the draw. Um, with the advent of the three-point shot, you now have guys that, you know, and teams that had 20 years ago um, would have had no chance, no chance whatsoever. And now they come in and they get on a hot streak and everything's falling from three-point land and yeah. they're golden. Yeah. And, I, and you know, I, I like to see that, even though a couple of my teams over the years have have been subject to uh, the humiliation of losing to somebody that they, that they shouldn't have. Yeah. But, you know, because they were cold and the other guy was hot. Yeah. But it's, it's a lot more fun. And I enjoy it more than the pro game. Uh, I think the Bucks, by far, have the best team in the East. Uh, Harden and Embiid, I think, are going to implode. Um, 
I, I'm not worried about the Nets. Um, I think that this is Milwaukee's, uh, I think it's their championship to lose. Um, especially with them getting back Lopez, and I can't remember the other guy's name. They just got back. Yeah, Pat they become a much, too. You know, they they become a much, much, much more complete team, and I think that they are the guys to watch out for. I think it's their conference to lose, Tim. I'm not going to disagree with you, man. I'm going to let you go. Thanks for the call, Tim. Have a good night. You bet. I think the Bucks are the safest bet in the East. I think they're the safest bet. I don't know if their ceiling is as high as the ceiling of the Nets, if they're all healthy, although... Ben Simmons' back is just shot. He can't even do basketball activities right now. I didn't know he had a back injury. I guess this has been a deal. Shams Sharani, I had a piece in The Athletic today. This has been a thing all the way going back to when he was actually playing in Philly last year when he had back soreness. That's just... And, and now all of a sudden he's... Well, maybe he'll be back in time for the playoffs. Whoa, 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 whoa. When, when were those the parameters? Those have never been the parameters. Um... I was about to take a break, but really quickly before we do, let's talk to Dave in Monona. Dave, what's up? No, you go ahead. Go ahead. I can give a call back if you want the break. No, 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 that's fine. It doesn't really matter when I take the break at all. Actually, it doesn't matter at all. So what's up? Well, well first of all, let's be clear. I don't care how you're doing. So let's <laughs> be clear out there. People, how are you doing? I don't care. So Well, how are you, Dave? I care how you are doing. How are you? No, who cares? Okay, fine. Move it along. <laughs> no, I'm just, hey, a couple things. Uh, by the way, uh, you went down a peck in your order with, with, you, with the way you dress. Ben Kenny now takes over the top, the top geek of Wisconsin. The guy wears long sleeves playing basketball. Yeah, it's, it's kind of nice playing long sleeves with basketball, though. It keeps your it keeps your arms from getting. I'm not. Well, I, I'm not against with Ben here. I'm not against Ben. Well, I, I tell Ben I, he he now one step one step ahead of you. But two things: one, <laughs> um, Devontae Adams. He got he got, got four picks in the top sixty. Mm-hmm. Okay, Green Bay. The way Goody, the way Goody drafts, he's going to be fine. All you just tell people: take away Randy Moss, Tom Brady. What ten Super Bowls he's been to? What yeah. seven Super Bowls? Can anybody name outside of Gronk any of the receivers? Russ Balker that, that, that scared people. He won it by dump off to James White and their running backs mm-hmm. and occasional Gronk. So people are all freaking out. Well, who's he going to throw to? I don't care if you, what they currently got. He could throw it to air. Yeah, he one he one receiver and a running game like Tom Brady did. But you know, we're freaking out now again. Bill Belichick versus Matt, you know Matt Lafleur. I mean, that's, that, I mean, there's no contest there. Matt Lafleur, not the not the brightest star in the world, but ah, like I said, I'm not too. But when you get four, you get four draft choices yeah. in the top thirty. My God, it's a lot. And the good news is, hey, look, uh, uh, should be a good year, Brewer fans. You finally won't have to worry about your famous choking manager making pitching decisions because now they got nine batters. It'll be I'm going down to the game in August, so it'll be nice to be the Brewer fans looking up at the Cubs because the Brewers had their you know, one year wonder, kind of like kind of like Grant one year wonder you know, dating a, a one night wonder. Are you talking about Yelich? I, I call him Tickle Yelich Tick, because Tickle you, Yelich. He, yeah, you put him in a jar and he kind of just, you know, like a preserve. It just kind of just, uh, you know. <laughs> uh, the Brewer fans got taken when it comes to Pickle Yellish. Pickle Yellish. You, you know, but now nah, it'll be nice, Brewer fans, because you guys are still looking up at the Cubs. You know, well, win something. and uh, That's not true. Cubs are going to lose 90 games this year. Cubs aren't any good Oh, I, I'd love to have a bet with you on that one. Now, I, right. do gotta pay up a, I do got to pay up a bet tomorrow with Nelson because 
Nelson hates Catholic people. He he, he, he wishes bad things on Sister Jean. He hates Catholic people? I, have, I didn't hear about that. Oh, well, he hates Sister Jean. He wish he wishes harm on her because she's old. And now I took her. <laughs> I took her right? to basketball game last Friday, mm-hmm. and of course they got beat. Now I got to stay up the bet tomorrow at Buffalo Wild Wings, and I tell them, may God strike them down for picking you know, for you know, picking on Sister Jean. But oh yeah, he, people listen in the morning. Nelson wishes her harm. He hates uh, he hates <laughs> that old bag. I mean that young bag. <laughs> Um, Dave, uh, speaking of Buffalo Wild Wings, can I, can I give you a date? Uh, I know I stiffed you for lunch last time I was in town. I will be in Madison on May 7th. That's a Saturday. Uh, and I will probably be there overnight until Sunday. So if that weekend works for you, put that in your calendar and I, I will ah, get it I'll you. give, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll give, we'll give Nelson a call. We'll come over there and, uh, and there's one right down, right down from where I live in Monona. Perfect. I think Ebo would be willing to have us over and make us dinner too. Last time I talked, I think he said he'd have us all over, oh, you hey. included. <laughs> That's even better. We'll, we'll go over there and I'll, I'll bounce around his house and you know bump into the walls and you know, t- t- bump into the windows and stuff like that. <laughs> awesome. And then we can display you out amongst all of his neighbors wearing you know long sleeves playing basketball. Long sleeves and short pants. That's the way to go, Dave. I gotta take a break. I let you go. Have a good night, Dave. All right, man. Have a good night. Just hangs up. All right, we're gonna take a break now. Now that I know that Nelson hates Catholic people, I got beef with Nelson, so we need to. We need to have, have that out at some point. Maybe we'll call him tomorrow. It's Lent, Nelson. During Lent, of all times of year to hate Catholic people, that's just low. We're going to hear from Devontae Adams coming up next. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. The Wisco Sports Show, proudly brought to you by Tactical Irrigation Services. show slow news wednesday coming up in about 15 minutes sam amick at the athletic wrote an awesome piece on Giannis, and i actually you're gonna love this i put my producer hat on today and i actually emailed sam I'm like hey sam you want to come on my show because i'm so bad about trying to book guests i don't like bothering people and it's work <laughs> and it's work i also don't like doing extra work but maybe we'll be able to get sam on I mean, tomorrow would be great, but maybe next week, as we're now approaching the NBA playoffs, it's crazy how fast they sneak up on you post-All-Star break. So we'll hear from Giannis, hear for a little bit from Sam Amick, his piece of The Athletic coming up in about 10 or 15 minutes, uh, and that'll be Slow News Wednesday. 608-796-2558, Dave from Monona just broke the news to me that Nelson has been waging war on Catholics. Uh, on the zone in the morning, which is very disheartening, especially during Lent. You want to pull this during ordinary time, whatever. I might look past it, but I'm, I'm really going to have trouble seeing past this, especially the, especially this time of year. Tweet me at Wisco Grant. You can follow me on Twitter as well. Please do. I thrive off the interaction and invest way too much of my self worth into my number of followers and likes. So uh, that's a me issue, but you can help me not make it as much of an issue by following me. At Wisco Grant. Devontae Adams did his introductory presser, talked about what it means to become a Raider. Started to become more of a reality, I think, once we got um, after the season, obviously. It was something that we didn't even entertain during the season because we both had to focus on trying to win a Super Bowl. Obviously, that was um, A number one. But once the, once we wrapped up the season, you know, started 
communicating a little bit. Um, still didn't really fully dive into it because we kind of wanted to decompress from the season, allow each other to, you know, put our thinking caps on a little bit and see where we were. And then, um, you know, as things progress a little bit more, obviously we communicate, um, you know, multiple times a week as it is, you know, aside from even trying to team up. So um, once we got to a point where it was it was something that could be realistic now, it's not just a, you know, a thought. Um, we started trying to put a, a little bit of a plan together. And, um, you know, obviously I was still going back with Green Bay at that point and still, um, you know, weighing my options. But um, I think we got to a point where uh, I felt like it was a it was it was a good move for us. And, um, you know, obviously I was traded, so it wasn't wasn't just strictly, um, you know, on us. But um, from, you know, I grew up in East Palo Alto. So being I was a Raiders fan my whole life. So it is a dream to be a Raider, man. So. It's a, it's a it's dream come true. Um, in the third grade yearbook, I said I wanted to be a you know an NFL star or an NBA star, and I was wearing a, a Charles Woodson jersey at the time. So it's been documented forever. So you know I, could, I guess you could say it's meant to be. It's meant to be. Devontae Adams is so good with media. I always love playing clips of Devontae Adams pressers because they're all like sixty seconds. Some guys they'll give like eight or nine second answers. It's like what do you want me to do with that? I can't riff off of that. Give me nothing to work with. Devontae Adams, there's always meat on the bone. Uh, he, he answered a couple questions. I'm going to play a few more. The, the overarching theme of this presser, as I perceived it as a Packers fan, it's really hard to dislike this guy. I'm really excited that he gets to play for the team he wants to play for on the contract that he's been chasing with his college quarterback. Like, this is just cool. This is really cool. I'm happy for him. He talked about finding out. That he was going to be a Raider. Well, it was a pleasant surprise because I found out um, kind of the same way you did. Um, I wish it would have been a little bit more of a you know official thing to where I could have at least you know let my family know and stuff like that. But you know it is what it is. It just kind of went with the punches. But um, it was really an idea up until it was done because you know it's, it's never easy to make that happen. You see it in the NBA all the time. Guys make it make it happen. You know get where they want to be. You know any type of way they got to do it. But, um, you know, for us, it was something that we, you know, we obviously, it would it's crazy for the fans, you know, for Fresno State, crazy for the Raider fans, you know, all of California, um, and obviously the people that support us individually, too. So um, something that we were definitely looking forward to potentially doing down the road. Um, but obviously me playing in Green Bay, great situation, having, you know, <laughs> greatest quarterback to play the game, you know, um, that's, uh, that's, that's a, a dream in itself. So... I'll never take anything away from, you know, anything Green Bay gave me or, you know, Aaron gave me. It was it was an amazing opportunity to, to work over there and, and do what I did for almost a decade. Um, but, you know, things change sometimes. It's not the first time that, a you know, an impactful player to organization had to leave, um, you know, and, you know, I feel like it worked out for both sides ultimately. A lot of people are trying to make this into a thing. Like, oh, he wanted to get out of Green Bay because of this or that, and he was sick of Rodgers and this and that. I just... No, sometimes you got to leave. That's the crazy thing about life. There are things you want to do, places you want to go, people you want to meet, things you want to experience. And in the work realm, you can't really go explore an opportunity without, you know, leaving your other job behind. You know what I mean? And that's tough. You probably experienced that in your life where you're really excited to get a job. It's the job you've always wanted. But I like the people I work with. I like the company I work for. I don't want to leave them. I don't want to leave them in a tough spot. I'm going to miss seeing them every day. I don't think there's any ill will here. 
at least not personally. Professionally, it was probably frustrating for Adams. He's looking around saying, I'm the best receiver in football. I should be paid like one. Why Why is this difficult? And I'm sure that was a little friction, but personally between him and Rodgers or him and Matt LaFleur, I don't really sense, I don't, I don't get a vibe that there's any ill will there. I know people are trying to make it into a thing and maybe in a year or two, some story will come out. And I don't know. I just like to assume that, I like to assume the best in people. Sue me. Sorry, I'm a bad guy for believing in the best in people. Sorry. Sorry. Well, one final question to answer. Devontae Adams talked about the turning point between being a Packer and finally knowing, yeah, I could actually be a writer. I mean, the turning point was really when I had to sit down and, and figure out what was best for, for me and my family. It wasn't really, it wasn't just the teaming up with Derek. It wasn't, you know, something that we, like I said, we didn't scheme this, you know, off season or whatever. We just, you know, kind of checked in on each other football wise the rest i mean we check in on each other all the time about family and and the the real stuff but as far as football and getting together um you're not being a great teammate to you know your current organization if that's all you're worried about you know he had to worry about getting the ball to hunter and and darren and 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 those guys and being a great teammate over here and i had to you know do what i could to try to you know get to a super bowl and obviously that didn't happen for either of us so once we got to the point where it was it was real we started entertaining it but um yeah, it ultimately it was just for for my family situation. You know, I got another baby on the way, so um, you know, quality of life obviously is is a is another piece of it that that means a lot to me. And um, you know, I have a lot of family in, in you know in California that's never been to see me play before. Grandparents, uh, my, my grandmother wasn't doing well; she was in the hospital recently. So, just kind of reflecting and thinking about life things and stuff that really matters in this world. That's stuff that matters to me. Um, you know, that's stuff that's weighing on my mind when when there's a decision to be made. You know, do I want to be able to go through my whole career without having either of my grandparents, um, you know, on either side um, see me play? And I, I didn't like that. So obviously being in Vegas, it gives them a much better opportunity. My dad drives everywhere, so to be able to make that happen, it's a little harder to drive to, to Green Bay. So, um, yeah, man, it's a, it's a dream come true to be able to do this thing and, and ultimately get it done. So... I'm, I'm happy with where we are. It's the most Midwest thing ever. How far of a drive could it actually be? I'm going to look it up. So if you're driving from Palo Alto to Green Bay, I mean, flights are expensive. It can't take that much more time to drive. Let's see here. Palo, Palo, how do you spell Palo? Palo Alto, Palo Alto, California. Flights are expensive right now. It's ridiculous to fly. That's only 34 hours. What is, that's nothing. <laughs> you go through North Dakota, you can hop up on I-94, I- you take 90 through South Dakota, there's a million good ways to get to Green Bay. It's only 33 hours. What's he talking about? Buy a flight. I'm not paying for a flight. I can drive. Listen to an audiobook. That'll go That'll go by quickly. Hey, if you take anything away from this, Devontae Adams is awesome. He's got no beef with the Packers. He's got no beef with the fans. It's an awesome new opportunity. It works for his family. He's getting paid what he wants to get paid, playing with a quarterback he wants to play with. This is great. This is a great story. I can't wait to watch him this year. I'm excited for Adams, and I'm excited to see what the Packers do in the draft. Coming up next. Slow News Wednesday. Sam Amick, interview with Giannis. It's awesome, and I want to share with you some of the highlights coming up next on the Wisco Sports Show. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Wisco Sports Show. My name is Grant Bills. Covered a lot of ground today. We still have 20 minutes left, but... I mean, let's look back at what we've covered. Tyreek Hill got traded. Heard a little from Devontae Adams. We compared the Bucks and the Badgers, the NBA, and college basketball. 
The Bucks just beating the brakes off of the Bulls last night. Oh, that was fun. I got to mute the game for most of it. I watched a movie. I watched Batman. Well, actually, technically, I watched The Dark Knight Rises. Wow. I'd never seen it before. Bane's pretty kick-ass. This is a good movie. I don't like superhero movies. That's the thing. If you can get me to like a superhero movie, it's it's like you're doing extra work. Because I, I, I'm coming into the superhero movie not liking it. So if I like it, normally I'll be like, ah, it's fine for a superhero movie. No, for just a movie movie. It was really good. Never seen him before. I'm a little behind, obviously. The Dark Knight Rises. Anne Hathaway is just... I mean, this is an Anne Hathaway show. We already had our Dave call for the day, so now he can't call and make fun of me for saying that. So I strategically waited to drop that until we, we already got connected with Dave. 608-796-2558. Give me a text if you want to chime in. Uh, give me a tweet if you'd like. At 608... Or that's the phone number. 608-796-2558 is the phone number. My Twitter handle is at Wisco Grant. God, I swear I do this for a living. We're going to hear a little bit from Giannis. Uh, a couple of really interesting pieces this week from The Athletic. Uh, and we'd probably talk about them both if this was a four-hour show, but because it's only two hours, we're going to stick with the Bucks. The other piece is a really funny exclusive from Jason Jenks and Mike Sando in The Athletic about Irvin Meyer. <laughs> Yeah, I, I also want to get Mike Sando on the show. I said I reached out to Sam Amick. I also want to get Mike Sando because I love Mike Sando. Um, Urban Meyer apparently didn't know who Aaron Donald was. And we have this quote right here. This isn't funny. This is just horrible. Uh, I'm going to read this to you. Not long after veteran receiver John Brown signed with the Jaguars as a free agent, he ran the wrong route in practice. To correct the mistake, Brown, who is from Florida, and rookie quarterback Trevor Lawrence ran through the route again after practice. Maher walked up to the pair. Quote, hey, Trevor, you're going to have to slow it down for him. These boys from the South, their transcripts ain't right. It's not great. Not great. Not great, Herb. Is, is that what Jim Rome calls him? Herb. <laughs> not great. What just a dumpster of a human being. Of course, we all knew that. Like, was anyone coming to some crazy realization upon reading this piece? Oh, my God, you're telling me Urban Meyer sucks? No. <laughs> Anyways, read that piece if you're a subscriber. The piece I actually want to talk about, Sam Amick had to sit down with Giannis. Talked about his finals MVP and their finals run, the path that they're looking at in the playoffs this year, and the respect they aren't or the respect they are getting. Uh, and the regular season MVP race. We're going to hear a little bit from Giannis. It's Slow News Wednesday. This is Slow News Wednesday on the Wisco Sports Show. I just like using Zach Heilprin's voice any way we can. That's really mostly the reason for the segment. I just, I just like hearing from Zach. We need to get a better recording of him. I had him do that over the phone. I need to have a high-quality recording of Zach saying that. You know, production value. Two parts to this interview that I want to cover. Number one is Giannis's injury from the finals and the Eastern Conference finals last year. Some things that I didn't know. Nobody knew. And then I want to close with a question and answer on this year's MVP race. And, you know, you ask a superstar, oh, do you want to win the MVP? And they'll say, no, I just want to win a championship. But it's specifically how Giannis answered the question around the MVP that made me pay attention. Made it not as cliche. Let's start with the injury from last year. This is a quote from Giannis. You hear things like, oh, people get injured. You guys were lucky. I don't think we were lucky. I think we had the toughest group. Obviously, Miami was a very, very good team that beat us in the past, and we beat them 
in the first round. Then in the second round, we were down 2-0 to Brooklyn. Lost the second game by 50. It's actually 39. And then we had to fight back in that series. I want to keep reading. This is now not Giannis. This is Sam Amick, right? Of all the Antetokounmpo truths that were shared, this one stood out among the rest. After returning from the left knee hyperextension suffered in game four against the Hawks in the Eastern Finals, he was on the edge of an injury disaster for the entirety of the finals matchup against the Suns because of the damage done by the initial injury. Even though the team had a special brace made to protect Antetokounmpo from this nightmare scenario, although, for reasons he would explain, he said, quote, hell nah. Quote from Giannis. If my leg had hyperextended one more time, he said while smacking his hands together, I was done. There was nothing to cut that was in there. It was torn already. It was out. There's this thing in your leg that protects you when you hyperextend your knee that doesn't let it go all the way back. That thing was torn. So if it had gone all the way back, that would have been it for me. I just... Giannis is not human. It's funny that his nickname is the Greek Freak. And there's, you know, it rhymes. And he's from Greece, so it works. He actually has parts to him that aren't human. He was one wrong step away from having a catastrophic knee injury that would have probably missed a year or two. And then he probably wouldn't have been right coming back. And then at that point, he's, you know, nearing 30. And probably a lot of his physical parts of his game are gone. I also, and he continues... The idea that the Bucks only went to the finals last year because the Nets were banged up or the Hawks were banged up. Since when is availability all luck-based? Like, James Harden is fat. James Harden doesn't take care of his body. He doesn't work hard in the offseason. I mean, like Shaq. If Shaq got hurt, we would be like, well, dude, work out more. Actually spend time and energy and money working on your body so you don't get hurt all the time. Right? And nobody wants to give you honest credit for that. Chris Middleton, maybe his most important skill is he's just always available. Always, which is really hard to do as a 6'7 wing. Another quote from Giannis. I'm going to say this. I got hurt too, you know. I got hurt too. But here's the thing. Oh, Giannis, you had 50 in the finals. I don't want to ever hear that again. Because without Drew Holiday winning game three against Brooklyn, hitting the spin move on Kyrie and having the game-winning bucket, without Chris winning game one, talking about the heat in overtime, and giving us momentum to beat Miami, without Bobby Portis in game five, Atlanta, Brooke Lopez and Bobby at home in game five, scoring 30 and 30 each. Without Chris and all my teammates doing great things, we don't win that title. We faced adversity too. You know something that we talk about in the NFL all the time? I'm not reading this, by the way. This is back to, you can't tell by the tone of my voice. In the NFL, we always talk about how at the end of the year, everyone's injured, right? Everyone's injured by the end of the year. Oh, we're dealing with something banged up in one way or another. Why don't we also apply that logic to the NBA? They play 82 regular season games. It's a really long season, right? And they don't have a week off in between games. They're playing back-to-backs. They're playing three times in five days, a couple times a week. I would imagine by the end of the season, everyone's dealing with something. Why don't we think of basketball that way the same way that we think of football? So if everyone is injured, then it becomes about who can handle their injury the best. Who has worked the hardest on their body to stay resilient and to stay healthy as much as possible? Who can push through pain? Uh, Giannis can. I think we learned that. I just, I don't know. If the Nets get banged up, Kevin Durant tweaks something or Kyrie Irving tweaks something in the playoffs or James Harden pulls his hammy, I I don't want to hear about how the Bucs got lucky. I want to hear about, hey, maybe James Harden shouldn't be so fat. Maybe he should put a little more time into his conditioning so this doesn't keep happening. Kevin Durant is just his body type. I don't doubt that Kevin Durant works. 
although Kevin Durant works on his skill, right? Maybe he doesn't work on his body the same way that LeBron or some of these other guys do. It was interesting to hear Giannis talk candidly about both dealing with injuries and beating other teams who were injured in the playoffs last year. The other part of this interview that fascinated me so much was about the MVP award. There's been a Giannis push in the last week or so. Maybe not a push to make Giannis MVP, but more so a why isn't Giannis included in the conversation type of push. Like people are just bringing him up. It's going to go to probably Embiid, maybe Jokic, and then Giannis will be right there, I think, in the end. Giannis says he doesn't care about the MVP. And all great players say that, except for Aaron Rodgers. All great players say that because they would rather win a championship. Giannis's explanation of not caring about the MVP is what sticks with me. And I'm going to read you this quote. He's asked, you know, do you want the other MVP, another MVP? He says this, nah, I want another championship. You know, the joy that I felt when I won the MVP was unbelievable. I was with my family. I wish my dad was there. That was an unbelievable feeling. Grateful. But the joy that I felt when I won a championship, there's no comparing. There's no comparing an MVP to the joy of being on the bus and seeing 200,000 people celebrating. Black, white, Hispanic, whatever the case may be. Everybody was celebrating and you're giving everybody that joy. There were people that had never seen a championship for 50 years. They say the last time I saw a championship, I was two years old. You know, that's a different type of joy. It's not just being able to win an award for me. The whole city won an award. That's what I want, you know, and hopefully God can bless me and give me that. I'll do whatever I can to do it. How do I say this without sounding like a jerk? Can, Can you envision those words ever coming out of Aaron Rodgers' mouth? I'm not saying he doesn't deep down believe it, although I don't think yeah, I don't think he thinks that way. I think I made that clear the last two or three weeks. If Aaron Rodgers did an interview and that came out of his mouth, I would look into what type of cleanse he had recently done or or, or some spiritual thing that had just changed his mind about everything. That right there, that's what I'm talking about. The MVP, that was an award for me. Winning a championship was so much better because it was a reward and a joy for everyone. Oh, so that's why you're going to go down as one of the best basketball players ever. That's why you're going to win at the highest level. Okay. Okay. So that so that's that's why. Everybody says they don't care about the MVP. Well, everyone except for I've never heard Rogers say that. Um <laughs> I've heard every every other superstar say it. I got one more quote from Giannis. I want to read that for you coming up next. Final segment of the Wisco Sports Show coming up in 3 minutes. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Wisco Sports Show, my name is Grant Bills. Final couple of minutes. We talked a lot about Devontae Adams today and about the Bucks and about what's going on in the NFL. We didn't really mention Aaron Rodgers much, and I don't just get out of bed in the morning looking for reasons to bring up Aaron Rodgers. But as we read the Sam Amick interview with Giannis, as he talks about wanting to win another championship, that's what I think of. That's what I think of. I can't not think about that. I can't not read the words of Giannis and think, I want Aaron Rodgers to feel this way. I want him to say this. I want to hear these words out of his mouth. I'm going to read you this quote again because I think it's just incredible. 
most superstars in all sports will tell you they don't care about individual awards. The MVP doesn't matter. I want to win a championship. That sentiment doesn't mean much to me. The explanation behind wanting to win a championship over an MVP from Giannis, that's what makes it stick. This is the quote. I want another championship. You know, the joy that I felt when I won the MVP was unbelievable. I was with my family. I wish my dad was there. That was an unbelievable feeling. Grateful. But the joy that I felt when I won a championship, there's no comparing. There's no comparing an MVP to the joy of being on the bus and seeing 200,000 people celebrating. White, black, Hispanic, whatever the case may be. Everyone was celebrating and you're giving everybody that joy. There were people that had never seen a championship for 50 years. And they'd say the last time I saw a championship, I was two years old. That's a different type of joy. It's not just me being able to win the award. The whole city won an award. That's what I want, you know? And hopefully God can bless me and give me that. I'll do whatever I can to do that. Again, folks, I'm not not always trying to make it about Aaron Rodgers. There's no shame in winning an MVP award. I'm not saying it's a bad thing, but that that's it. Giannis gets it. And we could apply this to any athlete in any sport ever. I, I would want any guy to feel this way, right? Giannis just gets it. Giannis gets it in ways that other athletes just don't. And maybe it's the way that he's wired. Maybe it's his upbringing. I think it's a little bit of both nature and nurture. But he just, he just gets it. Do you see the video he posted, I believe, on his Instagram the other day? He was doing a product shoot. Um, I wonder if I can find the audio. Ah, he might swear in it. Ah, yeah, maybe tomorrow. Maybe we'll do it tomorrow for NBA Lounge. I'll, I'll go and find the actual clip, and I'll make sure there's no swearing, and I'll actually like cut the sound and make it sound good so you can hear it and it doesn't sound like crap. Be honest, is down on Bradford Beach or wherever he was, and he's doing a photo shoot for some product or something, and somebody's taking a video of him. In the meantime, he's like, Look at warm, beautiful Milwaukee. We have beaches here. It's beautiful. He's like, I'm trying to get players. Look at how great this place is. I'm like, why? What did we do? What did we do to deserve this? Right? I I feel about Giannis the way that people feel about their husband or wife of 60 years. I just can't believe I was lucky enough back in the day that, you know, you took a chance on a bum like me. I didn't have a job. I didn't have anything to my name, but we had love and we stuck with each other through the years. Like, that love, the way that those people feel about each other, that, that's how I feel about Giannis. It's like, geez, everything you do, man, everything you do, just love it. Every word that comes out of your mouth, that's how I want all of my athletes to feel. That's how I want everyone in the world to feel, right? I know professional sports are a little bit different, but to say that an MVP was great, that was a great award. I got to celebrate it with my family. Winning a championship, I got to celebrate it with everyone in Milwaukee, right? City where he lives. Everybody's happy. Everybody's celebrating together. That was a celebration you can share with others rather than just an MVP award. I'm not going out of my way to drag Aaron Rodgers here. I'm just trying to find a point of comparison. That's all. I hope it doesn't come across as petty or hateful for no reason. That's not my intention. Tomorrow. Tomorrow's show, we're going to have the NBA Lounge at 4. I already know what I want to start with. Uh, a, a Bucks idea that we didn't get to today. But it does stem from... Bucks Bulls last night, something Eric Name wrote about. Uh, and he actually wrote his piece about Bobby Portis, but it's an idea that he, he also hinted at in his piece from last night. So if you read it, good. You'll kind of have a head start on what we're going to talk about tomorrow. Uh, maybe talk about how the East has changed a little bit. The Heat don't scare me at all. The Bulls haven't scared me all year, and we're kind of seeing that start to play out. We talked a little bit about that today, but we'll start with the NBA Lounge tomorrow. Get ready for another weekend of March Madness. No show on Friday. So anything you want to get off your chest... 
related to any of our teams. You got to do that tomorrow. So come ready. Uh, I'm really excited. No guests. No, 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 no. Just you and me tomorrow. We're going to get everything off our chest and then enjoy a nice long weekend. But NBA Lounge, so basketball fans, come ready. And then we'll talk about whatever other big trade will probably happen in the NFL between now and then as well. I'll be back tomorrow on the Wisco Sports Show starting at 4. Talk to you then.